everybody to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind meeting for Friday, May 7th of 2021. And with us today is Matt Walker, the regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Welcome. Hi. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Art Don in the Washington, D.C. area. I'll let him tell you where. Hi, I'm in uh, Greenbelt, Maryland. That's about 12 miles east of Washington, D.C. Welcome. Philip Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Hello, all. Harry Legg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you. Ty Talbert in Colton, California, a suburb of LA. And then he's got other places there that he services as well. You're going to have to unmute yourself, Ty. Ty, you're on mute. Yep. Hello, everyone. I basically teach in the Inland Empire. My veterans only classes in Redlands. Um, let's see here. Mark Shad in. Uh, I'm gonna let him tell you which part of Michigan and all that. Hi, it's uh, Midwest Michigan welcome, covering. Uh, Grand yeah, sorry. What's go that? Ahead. I oh, said welcome, Ty. Yeah. Go back on. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> it's uh, Midwest Michigan uh, covering like Grand Rapids and Lansing area and the in between rural areas. Cool. Welcome, welcome. Midwest Michigan. I like that. I like that term. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then uh, is that everybody or am I leaving anybody out? I think that's all of us today. All right. So well, I think you left out Sheila Sifu. Oh, <laughs> Sheila. Sheila. Sheila, my Sheila Bell in Costa Rica. And tell us what parts. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm in the North Pacific region of Costa Rica, and I give classes in Playa del Coco, Playa Panama, and in Laveria, close to the airport. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, Mark. Here. I said, trying to make sure I welcome everyone here. Okay. All right. So, uh, rooting is what we talked about last time, and we talked about Jin. Uh, and what Jing is, and we talked about Qi directed by your Yi into a shape, form, or expression. And then we got a little bit into how we train Jings, and of course it depends on the Jing, and physically doing it, if you can, if it's something that can be done that way, and then doing it smaller and smaller and smaller, and then more internal. And then we talked about what is root and rooting, right? And that I've done tests on it and found out that it actually is Qi, and hopefully it's an obvious to anybody doing it, but it also, as you get more and more root and, and you're working that and doing things with it, it's E and it's the Chi directed by the E skill, which is a Jing. All right. And so then one of the next things that I wanted to get into with you guys is where do we find root in nature? Right. And I've got for what I've and I've got a short list here, but um, the, but the question being, where do we find root or rooting in nature? And of course, it's trees and the roots that go down into the ground. And you hear a lot of reference to that. And um, but also in people or animals, you know, kids that don't if you want to pick them up and they're a little kid and they go, no, and they're going to really hunker down. You go to pick them up and they weigh like they normally they feel all light. And now they weigh like they feel like they weigh a ton. A uh, cat, if you got a cat and you're trying to move it off something and the cat's a bigger cat, it can spread its body and next thing you know, you're trying to, you know, again, a cat that doesn't weigh anything normally or not much and it's got all this weight to it. Dogs, 
especially if you've got a dog, a bigger dog, they like to lean on you a bit. And if they lean, you feel all this weight and you go to move them. And it's like, you know, let's say they really want to be there. It's like, uh, where's all this extra weight coming from that's being applied like that? Or if you're playing and they're kind of trying to pull you down, you'll feel, and they're going to sink like that, you'll feel that they're rooting down as they drop. Um, anyway, so anything, any other ones that you guys have got besides those or particular experiences with those, um, please share. You will have to unmute yourself for most of you. Is that going to be why like a chimpanzee is so ridiculously strong then, partially? They definitely can do the rooting thing and I've seen them do that, right? And they're hanging and they're used to hanging where everything's dropped down if they're depending on what they're doing. But also there's a lot of that strength that they get because they can use all four limbs and hang from any one of them. And they're used to being able to do that where they can hang for a long time. And so the tendon strength that they've got is, is ridiculous. I mean, it is it's insanely more than the average strong human being um ever can get to you know if you if we spent where we were all day hanging by a hand or your fingers on one hand to the other or by your toes where you were actually had the grip strength and the and the dexterity to be able to grip the bar with your toes and hang your whole body weight off of it and that you're able to do that just from one hand to the other to the foot to the foot and do that just think about the strength you'd have after you did that and could do it basically all day long every day um, how many times stronger than anything that you've experienced from a human being is it going to be? Um, and so it's all of that. There's a muscle density. They have eight times the muscle muscle. The adult chimp has eight times the muscle mass of an adult human, like on average. Wow. Yeah. And they're not that much bigger volume wise. So you can get like, like you said, there's a muscle density there that is like, that's, that is really that's why they sink. That's why they can't like swim. They, they, um, they, you know, if they're in water, they, they sink to the bottom because they're just, they're too dense to float. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, isn't that actually also why, or partly why children or, or infants are, are so much stronger that um, it's, well, I thought of it as sort of completely relaxed muscle strength. Um, talking about root power? Yes, right, right. Um, that root power, but with you know completely relaxed muscles, sort of without uh, sort of older inhibitions and tensions that people develop over time. Just also for little, little babies and little kids, whenever they do anything, generally speaking, when you feel that and they feel that grip like that, it's not just their hand or their wrist or anything. The reason, like, if you write. And or you get to where you're eating, like where you're really using your wrist and a little bit of arm there, we start getting very used to that and start moving from everything we do like that. Well, with like a baby, everything they've got is whole body. They're crawling and climbing and, you know, same as the chips like he was talking about. They're, if they're, they're hanging on something. Well, hang. and also like a baby, they can't even roll over yet. Like a, oh yeah, like a real and like so and everything that they would do in their movement up past that point even um, it, it literally is their whole body action for everything they're doing or for the vast majority of what they're doing uh, and so and um, like with Chase when he was two I encouraged him to climb I would spot him in a way that you don't normally encourage children to climb but he had he was born almost three months early. 
And so he had a lot of physical issues. He didn't crawl till after he was one. He didn't walk until he was like after 18 months. And so when he got to be about two and really was getting around a little bit, um, I immediately started encouraging a lot of physical things. And so one of the things he could do is he could reach his hands up and set them on the sink where it was just his, barely his fingers coming over like that. And so I did that and I don't remember how I got him to do it or, or encouraged him to do it, but basically he pulled himself up by his fingers and then would set his belly on the sink and play at the sink. And, but, but he could just barely reach the top while he did that. And he got to where he was doing that several times a day, every day. And he developed a, a body integrity, like what we're talking about, where if he grabbed you, it was his whole body with that kind of grip and tendon strength. And he exceeded for like his three-year-old evaluation, you know, normally when they're born three months premature, they're behind in everything and they're behind to the point of past the first grade. And this includes physically. He turned three and they did the physical evaluation and he exceeded what the normal three-year-old has at three years old because of what I had done with him, you know, and had him do and what he was doing is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but that I had encouraged him for doing and all of that. And so he exceeded that and he, and he looked like, like a little strong man from the time he was there up until, I mean, I've got pictures of him even at 12, 13, 14. And, he, and you would just swear that he was like lifting weights all day and eating some kind of a super lean diet. And that's not, was what, not. And that's not what was going on, <laughs> but, he, but he looked like it. Yeah. Um, illness built. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so what else you got? Uh, anybody, any stories about your cow or your, or your, or your horse or your chick? I'm, I'm out here in the country, you might guess. <laughs> or your cat or your dog or your, yeah. Sifu, um, I think I read on the internet there was during the vaudeville times, I think there was some guy that used to go from town to town with a chimpanzee and he would offer to wrestle anyone in town. Oh, get to get the chimp to wrestle him. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's lucky he did the chimp. He's lucky he did. Rip rip to, yeah, just start tearing him a piece. Of piece. <laughs> yeah. And no one came close to controlling that. No matter how big or how strong the human was. No one came even close to controlling them. It was, it yeah, was because you got some guy that's like six foot eight and weighs 350 pounds, and he's thinking that little chimp that's you know that's three three foot tall. Yes, uh, um, I'm gonna be able to handle that, no problem. And no, that's not how that would go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> chimp made a monkey out of him. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um. The uh, so that so for me, I the the example from nature for rooting that I talk about, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's an example from nature, but it's more a kind of an organic thing, uh, that that I'm aware of that I learned about when I was young. Um, and I've talked about it before in the civil rights movement, the nonviolent protesters, the peaceful protesters, they would like they trained themselves and they practiced going limp, they practiced really excellent sung. Because if they put up any kind of resistance to the like to the officers that were trying to clear them out of the areas where they were, you know, having their protests, they it, just one person or at most two people could take, you know, a protester out and then come back and get another protester and another protester and it was good and they could clear it out kind of quick. But if they went really limp, it took four or five people to get any one of them off the scene because they just couldn't lift them up. 
and we've done some of this like training in our classes where we where we lay and go extra song and and that way that way rooting's not just while you're standing up it's from whatever position you're in but uh but it is also important that you have it that you have the ability to do that while standing up and while moving because you know the, the like there's you know, the non, the peaceful protesters had their own reasons for doing what they were doing. And that's a skill you want and all that. But if you're talking about for just like general health and longevity and, and energy, keeping your energy level up and even, you know, self-defense applications and that kind of thing, you want to have the ability to have that root going on while you're, you know, while you're functional, while you're standing up and able to move um, and do and, things and doing things, yeah, do things with it. Um, and so it's not just a passive skill, but where it's really a, a useful skill for you in your daily life. And so there's a whole body of training for developing that, even for if you don't have any right now and you don't even know, like you don't even understand how you might be able to like feel your energy go below the ground. If that's like a mystifying concept, um, there's, there's a body of training that is not like long, but that's a sequence of kind of training steps. Uh, that will help you develop, that will develop that skill for you, where you will be able to get that root power going on and to do things with it, to build it more and more and more and more over time. And that root is really foundation, root energy, root jing is really one of the, the prime, it is the primary thing that we work on jing wise, other than ting in clear Tai Chi. It's root and ting are the, the, the two like main, main, things that we focus on as our primaries. The reason that one of the reasons that we focus on rooting as a primary isn't because rooting is everything because there's a lot of great jings. There's 36 different basic primary ones. We start with rooting very early. Um, and the reason why, as a primary, like he says, and the reason why is because the deeper that you can get that root, the more you're building up your E. And so it's helping you get through uh, from the Lee level to graduate it to the Chi level and to build the E, so the E level. And then that's going to make it so that you can get other kinds of jings going on like that because you know the process now and you have capacity. It's building capacity and all of that. And so it's um, anyway, so that's where part of that, that's why part of that focus is there. That the fact that rooting skill basically beats about. 85 to 90 percent of almost everything else in the in terms of the other ones if it's a high root level versus a lot of other jings not all of them but a bunch of them roots going to normally win and so it's not that we just and it's also going to help turn on the other skills and then you can add the root to a lot of other skills or a lot of other jings at the same time and so it's it's all of that is is some of the reasons that that is what's going on anyways yeah, yeah, it, does, it helps you develop it as a, as a newer intermediate Tai Chi person. It really helps you develop kind of like all of the skill sets. The internal, yeah, uh, the, the internal part. And, the um, yeah. and there is a training progression that C for Clear put together kind of a long time ago for, um, for getting that where it's a hands-off method where all you need is the instruction and uh and to play a game with and a partner, with and a partner. you need a partner you will need a partner but um, but you can pick up the instruction without me having to be standing there with you are you feeling me it's as long as you and your partner are both doing what i'm pointing out for you and your partner to do it's basically pretty pretty simple 
most most Tai Chi teachers, if they even admit that they have root or that root is a thing, they're going to tell you that you're going to have to get it from them hands on. They just don't have a good way to teach it or impart it unless you can get there and feel it and, and do things with them hands on like that. And see for clear, put together a training that does not require that you do have to get hands on with someone, but they don't have to have root yet. And you can follow this training progression and you will get rooting skill and then you'll be able to play some of the games that we do with it to really build it from there and use it um, the first the first 10 to 15 years that i had root i had to have hands on to convey it to somebody and i figured out that i knew that was handicapping me for teaching people long distance and so i just really put my brain to work to go to figure out how can i teach this to somebody and, and point and point you know figure out to tell you with two people and i took two people who didn't have rooting skill a knowledge of it. And I started telling person A, do this, person B, do that, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I put it together for how to do it where I did not touch them. And based on what I was telling them to do, they were able to get the skill. And then that's what we put on video. And that video is that that program, that course is called uh, The Root of Internal Power. And that is available at clearmartialarts.com. Um, and is well worth checking out. It's one of the videos in the internal power series, but you don't have to have the whole series to get that video or to get the benefit from that video. It's really, really powerful training. Um, and root is, you know, it's a primary in our system for a reason. It's really, really useful. It touches on kind of all of these aspects of the Tai Chi that you're after, including the e-skill, um, including it just kind of forces you to be in better alignment because there's a point at which you just can't root anymore unless you get more better physically um you know it just it all, all of the little pieces that you're after as a tai chi player for the real internal skill um come out of root training at least in the beginning there's a there's a point where you know there's there's more um and you want to go past it but for the majority of people in the beginning and intermediate phases the, the more time you can put into root the better well, on each level of progression in our system, it's there's a deeper amount of root required. So in the beginning, it's only like 24, 25 feet. This is level one, in other words, but for somebody to certify for that, they've got to be able to get about 25 feet down into the ground and be able to sense that because then it's building your ting to build that sensation as well. Um, and that's level one. Level two, I think it's 250 feet. So it's like 10 times that. And then what it assumes, obviously, is that you worked on it from the time you've got your level one certification to level two that you've worked that skill. And then for level three, it's either 500 or a thousand. I think it's 750 actually. Something, something like that. And then uh, at your level four, it would be thousands. And then at your level five, it should feel like the root just goes to the center of the plant. Like it just keeps going. And so it is a skill that you're building all the way through. And then there's a bunch of other, uh, ancillary, I think that's the right word, auxiliary skills that come out of that and they get pointed out as you're going through the levels and then you get to train that. And that includes everything from iron body to um, specific e-skill type training and all that, which we'll get into that, some of that a little bit in our talk today. Not obviously in a, not obviously so much the how to do it, but the, what, it, what it sort of involves and why and wherefores and that kind of thing. Anyways. Um, anybody else with any animal stories or kids stories or, or any of that? One of the things that really cued me in to just how much difference that 30, 40 pounds can make is that both of my kids 
when they got, um, they're, they're seven years apart in age. And when Chase hit about that 35 pound mark, I picked him up one day when I was sitting in the chair and my angle position to him was off just a little bit and it threw my back out. It took me a few days to, to recover from that. And then the same thing seven years later happened with Carly seven or eight years later, once you had about 35 pounds and it was like, and if they just sunk their root a little bit, it really would have a lot of effect. And that was with me being physically well and strong and healthy and all that stuff. And it still would do that much. The other one is both kids, again, when they got to a certain age, different times, uh, Chase first, I woke up one morning, Chase is um, trying to wake me up. He's pushing like, Hey dad, Hey dad, Hey dad. And then he's got my, my hand is hanging out there. And he grabs my little finger and says, come here. And he starts walking. <laughs> and I got dragged out of bed and part of the way across the floor by him having hold of my little finger. And it was like I either went with him or he was breaking my finger. And not because he was trying to break my finger. It was just his whole body moving in that direction with not that much weight. We're still talking about the 35-ish, 40-pound-ish kind of a mark. But it's whole body weight being applied with that motion, with that natural root ability that they have that tends to get lost somewhere between the time their kids are two or three, four. And by the time they're about seven or eight, they can't do it anymore. They lose this, they lose the ability, but they started off having it. Anyways, anybody else? Uh, that's a really rough one because there are so many. Um, uh, one of my favorites is uh, rooting against one of our other instructors. And uh, this instructor hadn't learned this skill yet. And I was able to shape the root so that that instructor could not find where the heck the edge was, where it ended and, and what to do. So that was fun. And then I think one of the other ones is uh, playing with you, Sifu, um, where, and you had taught me the skill, obviously, um, but it was pretty good. And you're like, okay, all right, that's good. We, we were just like chasing each other's root around underneath the ground and couldn't, couldn't latch on and couldn't really get it. Like, all right, you're doing that pretty good, you know, moving around all over the place. Um, and then, you know, going to push hands meetups and it's just over and over and over. It's like, well, there's one thing for darn sure you got is root. Good Lord. You know, and that's just the, <laughs> what we get. So uh, with our system, it's really cool. So, and I could probably go on and on, but off the top of my head. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. I don't know that I was, when we went to that one meetup that uh, with a number of Chinese guys at it. That, no, that It wasn't at that one. Yeah. I was going to say that I, I don't know that I was particularly using the rooting skill, but definitely had the yeah. skill. And yes. then had the amount of natural root that I would have because they basically just stood there against a guy that was one of their senior people who got very frustrated and thought that I was actively working against them. And I was actually talking to his instructor while this dude was trying to push me, but had my my mind and the energy then out there like that. And you, you uh, I remember you were liking that pretty well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. You bring your Sifu and, you know, due to cultural issues and stuff like that and just not wanting to come off like a jerk. I'm like, why aren't you doing a whole lot? You know, and then I understood why. But now that that was good. And they thought you were pushing too hard and you weren't. You were just holding in place with E. Yeah, exactly. Cool.
Okie dokie. Um, thank you, Harry. All right. Um, you know, I guess sort of as like a not exactly about a kid's story, but just uh, um, you know, when I first started doing the Tai Chi with you guys, the yeah. uh, and I just started getting some root, just a little bit, um, and then I tested it because I wanted to see if it was was real, not yeah. just to my mind. So I, I had somebody who has pretty good physical upper body strength and tested it and just a little bit of root would neutralize quite a bit of their, their strength, their leverage. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're saying he tried to pick you up and then he went to pick you up the second after you were rooting and it was a big, a different ball game for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I do know that, that, uh, and, and it's not the beginners that learn how to do this, but in the wrestling, when they're competing and stuff, that at some of the better schools that they're learning how to be on top in the top. <coughs> and Excuse top me. Group, you know, to, to think over the other person where they feel like they weigh a ton and the other person can't get them off because of all the weight. And that there's some of that. And that the judo players at the Olympic level learn how to use it so that they're a lot harder to throw. And so that when they're going to throw their competitor, same thing. It's a, it's a lot of power coming off of that uh, weight drop. And we have uh, we have interacted with and played with a guy who was training for like all that stuff as a wrestling champion, Swajow champion guy um, who was playing with some of our guys who were rooting, and uh, he commented on it. like he he got him into like throw positions and tried to throw him and tried to do stuff to him, and he he was impressed at how difficult they were to move um so, yeah for, he couldn't do anything to yeah them. he couldn't do anything to you know and they were and they were not trained like wrestlers or anything to counter him they were just rooting proper tai chi so to speak yep uh by the way the uh that root of internal power it's at clearmartialarts.com it'd be where you go to to get that so good um all right applications of root so it's a lot of power and it's and it's basically by moving that weight like that that rooting energy you get better and better and better at manipulating where things are at in your body and outside of your body but directly connected to you and that translates into skills where you begin to get better and better at being able to do things like put the weight that you're using into different parts of your body that you can then use to do stuff and then how to transfer that weight. And I'm, I'm calling it weight for lack of a better word at the moment, the, uh, into their body to have effects as well. Um, like that. And so there's a lot of power in it. The other thing that you're learning how to do because it's, because even like I say, 30 pounds of weight really properly applied, uh, is more than enough to deal with what, what people generally have and can do um, power-wise. Uh, and especially since it's something that's in addition to whatever else you're up to, as opposed to it being it's all about that. The other thing is, is that your e-skill, you know, people ask for Tai Chi about being able to take energy and move it across and, and affecting the person over there and that kind of stuff. And for us, the part of the reason we do that in our system, because it's, we do the Jing energy expressions that are part of the mid tier level of training, like a large body of training, but mid tier level training of Tai Chi going into advanced, but, but not there for the most part, because there's other things. The, uh, and 
in order to do that, you have to be able to get your mind there and you actually have to be able to have the chi follow that or the, the energy follow that. And my normal way I like to put this to folks is look, the reason we start with root is because that's down. And so if I can't get the energy to go down, which means gravity is greatly helping me, gravity is making it want to go down if you're using it properly. If I can't get it to go the way that gravity is going to help me to do, how am I going to get it to go horizontal? And so down first, and then when that's going on good, then, then we teach things in our curriculum so that, and this is going to be true of any Tai Chi that they're going to start ideally putting stuff across in their curriculum to make it so that it's horizontal or spherical in every direction, expanding outward. But it's just, it's a, so it's how do people train it? And for us, if we can train you to get, hundred feet down, then I'll be, I ought to be able to teach you how to get 10 feet horizontally or more and uh, 10 feet or more horizontally the, uh, like that. And then more and more, and you use it to build the mind capacity as well for being able to account for that space and be able to sense or ting that space. And then to be able to do it in any direction anyway. So it makes for bigger E and also it builds like the concentration. And I'm seeing this with Carly and some of the other folks that we're working with, they start to do things with the energy. And what happens a lot of times their mind gets tired from working with it. And when the mind gets tired, then they, then the energy basically shuts off because their E is they need rest now, mental rest, but rest. And so by building that root, not only are you building this physical power that's empowered by that root, but the mind is actually getting work too. And it's both, endurance mental endurance and mental strength and then mental dexterity so all these e-skills come directly out of what you're doing with it harry i know you can weigh in on that so i like to get you guys talking a little bit today where do you want me to go with it um, yeah let's talk about either the experiences that you've had with it or things that you've had students that had experiences with it or any thoughts that you had about it while I was talking about it there that maybe we didn't get into? Because um, you're obviously you've done a lot with it yourself too. So, well, um, holy cow! Uh, I I'm I'm just blown. <laughs> the big subject, I know it is. There's just so much to root and what we can do with it and with our e skill. Um, it it almost seems limitless. Um, and there's so many things that. You know, we can talk about that. Unfortunately, I have sometimes on social media and gotten blowback by people that just, uh, you know, that whole thing. But anyway, talk about talk about maybe one of the ones where you would have thought you wouldn't have got blown back, but you did. Where when you put it, you thought, you know, this is it seems straightforward. Why, you know, I'm surprised I'm getting that blowback to it uh, like that. Oh, the, like one guy that's different because that could be a hater. But if it was. You know, more the simplest of things talking about root becoming energetic versus just a physical melting of your body. Uh, yes. There are people that don't want to believe that E is involved and, and that there's an energetic component to it as well. Yeah. And then heaven forbid you talk about maybe moving your root down below or shaping it or or connecting to someone else's root or i mean it's just on and on and on so if they yeah. can't even wrap their mind around the fact that it's more than just purely a physical thing which is where it starts you can't even begin to talk about all that other stuff so the um, question, 
for us would be how do we take somebody or explain to somebody that in a way that is understandable or relatable that it is that it is that stuff in a way that they can accept you know that that that, that, that makes sense to them and that um everybody would go oh okay yeah that makes sense well so purely talking about it or having a text you know social media conversation about it is radically different than if i get if any of us get someone right in front of us oh yeah then they can feel it and it's pretty hard to deny um and i don't have a very hard time getting brand new students to feel root and then not too much longer later in the training getting them to feel it from their training partner without even putting hands on them. They can feel what happens when the people, once you get them, you know, accepting of it and feeling it, they can get that pretty fast too, even though that's not exactly a beginner skill. Um, it's not that hard to get people to, to get with, but um, the, the other thing, uh, here's one of the things I've done during the COVID zoom period here is I've had some new students on Zoom and I said, okay, you've got someone else in the house with you, right? Good. Then I talk them through putting hands on each other and and feeling and dropping and sinking and and getting it. And that will do it as well. But again, it's tactile. We're not just having a text conversation to get them to understand it. So, yeah. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The Practical Guide to Internal Power is a work-at-your-own-pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from 0 to 60 as quickly as possible, and it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com. To me, I think that that the fact that you can, um, that, that when you've done it for a while and you've had hands on and you've got that experience of what, you know, the different root depths are and, uh, and you've really felt that for a bit, then you can still feel that going on without putting hands on. It builds to that. It builds to that. And it, and it can build to that fairly quickly, um, but it does build to that. And to me, that is one of the more telling things about it, um, you know, in terms of what, what you were talking about, Harry, of it going to that kind of energetic place and that there really is something more to it than just sort of a physiological trick or, you know, that, yes. that it is beyond sung, really. Um, yeah. It is not just uh, something that we kind of experience as a byproduct of good sun, but that there really is like a. He's saying not energy. just a byproduct of good relaxation, that it's, right. that there is an energy there. Aside well, from that. It, it also teaching root, especially so very early in our clear Tai Chi system, uh, makes it easier to teach some other things because if they can feel root, they can put their mind down there. Then when I tell them, Hey, put your mind in their feet or in their knees, or whatever, and take them out from there. They go, oh, yeah, they, they can get that so much faster. Yep. So and it really helps with so much else. And for me, like, when they're able to do that at first in the martial context, it's a little easier because basically it's aiming lines of force. But as you get better and better at it, eventually then it becomes, well, I put my mind in there, and it's not such a, a strong line now. It's just I can feel that 
from here and get my mind on that. And then once that's going on, now that's really easy to go to the next step where you're actually making healing adjustments based on that, um, that are actually working and doing what, you know, doing what you're trying to do with it because you can get your mind in there and then their energy, their mind is going to go to where your mind's at if your mind's in their body enough. And then the energy is going to follow that. That's Chinese medicine 101, by the way. Yes. Then, um, and then you're going to be able to basically make adjustments that are going to have effects. And whether that be for a martial purpose or a healing purpose, um, it's both things. Yes. And then for those that have an open enough mind, you should know that it does go even further where you can feel this long distance. We can connect to each other and feel it. It goes there. I know if you had told, if, if you had told me these things a good number of years ago, I'd have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're some new age, crazy weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. But man, when you are brought along the path, step by step by step, holy crap. Um, so anyway, I, I just the, offer that. About the energy aspects itself is that a lot of people do, um, what I, what for like in the psychic field in the, in the alternative healing field and all that, they do either a, a fake version, for lack of a better way to say it, where it's just not really happening. So there's a bunch of that. And then you get a bunch of people that have what I call, for lack of a better wording, a yin version. It's just so soft that it's so subtle that, that you really even sensitive people have to be extra, extra sensitive to feel it. And so when it comes to actually really doing some things with it, it's a bit on the weak side. Doesn't mean it's not having an effect, but it's much more subtle, much hard, more much harder to pick up on. And then there's a young version, one that's very much got substance to it, and you can feel it. And so we train it at least for the first. If you broke down our system uh, in thirds: beginner, intermediate, and advanced. In the intermediate, you're working on. In the beginner, it's almost all like the hard, the young version of it, of it, even though it's still energy. In the intermediate, it's still a bunch of that, but becoming and transforming into yin and it's only in the advanced where you get to the yin so it's a little bit not backwards for tai chi but backwards for a lot of the way that tai chi gets approached in the world today where people are doing this thing that's so soft that if you basically step into them they're being blasted off their feet because they just they're so soft that it's really not really good good tai chi soft it's collapsed and that's which is not going to work for them very well and be you know and all those things but anyways, and so um, you won't find that with our folks, uh, but then they could be accused a lot of times of being too hard for more advanced skills or too much, too much force for a long time. And that would not be an inappropriate criticism to make. But part of the part of the rationale behind that is, is that I want you to be able to do it where you're putting less than four ounces into it. The problem or the thing that I'm really addressing there in our system is I want you to understand what force is. I want you to know what power is, both when you're being when it's being applied on you and when you're using it. And if you can know what it is and then go super soft and super light and super yin and still have great influence on that. Now we're talking. What happens is people try to do this yin collapse thing and have influence on that. And it's just real. It fails the reality test like pretty much every time. And so um, and it's because they really don't understand force. They don't understand power. They don't, and so it's let's understand that we don't have to keep doing it. 
as long as we really have the understanding of it and then converting it over so that when you get to super light, super yin kind of things, you're still able to work on that other stuff extremely effectively um, for real in real time. And it makes the system very functional that way. It just takes, uh, and you do get skills very early on that are unusual higher level skills, but to get it to that higher level master level of soft light ability with all the juice still going on. It takes a while, by the way, it takes a while, no matter what you're doing. <laughs> I'm not seeing anybody, you know, do that for six months from beginner. And now they're, now they're doing a master level ability with it. Um, I've had people who claimed that I've seen people who thought they had that and they fail the reality test. And so then it's like, well, that's, that's, and then they're like, Oh, I'm surprised it's not working. It's like, yeah, you got to get out more. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I like your description of it, Sifu. Sometimes you'll tell us, hey, with that skill, you got it going on, but eh, you're kind of in grade school or you're in high school. And, and guess what? It, it, it goes to PhD. You got it, but you got a long way to go. Don't think you're done. Yep. 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 I, I, I literally, for that way of thinking about it, there's several teachers um, that have put, put it kind of that way that I've picked over the years that I've worked with. And um, and I just liked the frame, the way that that was put, because it helped, it helped people to get to wrap their brain around what, where they're at, where they've been and where they, where they're going and kind of what, uh, to get a sense at some point in the training earlier than later of how to kind of think about it for, for where the levels are. A lot of times I find people, they get in and they get a thimble's worth of skill you know, they're at, they're at what we'll call in this way of looking at it, they're in the first or second grade and they think they're in college and it's like, um, or they're right. They think that they're in, if they were going to think about it in that schooling way, they think they're a senior in high school about to go to college. And it's like, no, you're in the first or second grade about to go to third grade. And, you know, and a lot of times people just don't know where they're at. And it's not important from the, important from the standpoint of, well, you're not that skilled or you're more skilled. It's important from a teaching standpoint for me, because if somebody thinks they're in high school about to go to college, then a lot of people graduate high school and don't go to college. And they go, ah, you know, college is a little more, I'm good. And so if they're in the second grade and they think they're about to go to college, then they're like, I'm good. And then they stay in the second grade. And it's like, you realize that there's a lot more there than what you thought. It's not like you're one step away from it. It's more like you're 10 steps away from it. Um, and so keep training. Or my teacher says long-term keep training, you know? Yeah, go ahead. If I could weigh in on, on, you know, a combination of that and some, something that Harry mentioned about naysayers or uh, I found it interesting when it comes to dropping root that when you talk to a lot of other martial artists, you know, particularly the uh, wrestlers or judo players or jujitsu guys, and you, you can see them dropping when they oh, go to yeah. engage, yeah. And, and when you ask them, you know, hey, what are you doing? They say, well, I'm dropping my center of gravity. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, it, it's kind of funny because when you say, okay, where are you dropping your center of gravity to? Oh, right to my feet. I want to get down low. And when you, when you just explain to them, hey, your, your center of gravity is you know the weight of your arms the weight of your head the weight of your legs and wherever that geographically the center of that that's your center of gravity 
really the only way you're going to change that is by bending your knees or laying down on the floor. But, you know, they have the, the first little taste of it where they learn to drop their center to their feet or to the floor and get under somebody else. But then yeah. when you open up the concept, like you were saying, of the, the high school version of, well, what if you could use your mind to lower that center under the ground a little bit? And it's like, oh, no, that's impossible. Well, you've been doing it. You've been doing it all along by dropping your center of gravity to your feet or to the plate, you know, the, the mat. So why not go a little bit lower? And it's, it's like that, uh, you know, they, they have to think about it and they, they're very apt to say, oh no, that's impossible or uh-huh. doesn't exist. <laughs> so, but it, it's right there in front of them. They're using it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's impossible for your center of mass to be on the bottoms of your feet too, but you're saying you can do that. So exactly. What- yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I think the uh, such a big problem with this and and so many of the skills in Tai Chi is that unfortunately most don't have the opportunity to have a real frame of reference. They don't have Sifu Clear or someone at your level to put hands on or or not not patting ourselves on our back, but those of us that are pretty far along in your system, many people haven't had the chance. And so when we try to discuss these things, without being able to put hands on, it just becomes so difficult because they don't have the reference. With the level of weight drop, that's why I like to talk about like the little kid or the dog or the cat, you know, those kinds of things. Then they probably have experienced that, right? And then I can go, let's start there. But that's a kid that's just doing that much naturally. And you're an adult that has a mind that can do more. And so get to what the kid's got, that's step one but it's a big step one. It's not like people just start out as an average adult being able to do that. They actually have to put time and effort into training to get that level. And now you're, now you're in the, you know, the, you're in grade school. Let's take that on up to high school. What's, what do you got to do different? Well, now your mind's got to come into this and you're going to have to do some other things with that. Um, you know, and then like that. And then if you're able, you know, and then if they're putting hands on and they're dropping the bottom of their feet, but you're dropping 50 feet down to the ground and covering underneath of them, you're going to feel like a monster to them in terms of weight difference. And they'll be like, how are you doing that? Well, let me, let me show you. Let me talk to you about that. All right. So that I can get you going in that direction. This is if they're a student, obviously, um, or a buddy that you're, that you're wanting to impart those skills to, but you get the idea anyways. Yeah. Who else? It looked like a couple other ones if you were wanting to weigh in there. Now is a good time. Was there something you want to add to that, any of that? Or? Nope. I can jump in there. Yeah. Um, what several people, sorry, I'm taking my camera's off because my Wi Fi is kind of low. So I'm going to stay with my picture. Um, what several people have said already, I agree with that, that you have to meet them where they're at and you can sort of use their experience, their previous experiences to help them find the route. And for most people, that is very often correlating with gravity. Uh, Right now, I have a student who had studied uh, Reiki. And so she's able to feel energy pretty well, but she hasn't really manipulated it that much. For her to deepen her root, 
she finds it very easy if she tries to connect to a friend who literally lives on the other side of the planet. <laughs> so she's able to make that connection by thinking about that person. And I can feel it on her that her root deepens. So I thought that was a really interesting manifestation of, of using her past experience to, to get to what is the idea of rooting, which was new to her, but she did it very well. You get her mind to reach out because her mind's reaching out, then the energy follows. So, so that's that's that. yes, and that's yes, the, that's the that's the device that it took, the mental device that it took for her to get her mind to do that. So interesting. <laughs> cool. Everybody's on mute, so part of the reason you're seeing me delay here is because I know that sometimes it's like fumbling with the buttons to get the mute off if you're going to talk. So, I'm trying to give you guys plenty of opportunity. Joel, you look like you were going to say something. Yeah, Sifu, I just wanted to uh, repeat something that you told me in one of our classes. And I'm not sure if this is the right place to mention it, but it really resonated with me. And one of the things you said was, was in Clear Tai Chi, you teach rooting very early. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, it becomes it actually the rooting sort of feeds all the other jins. It gives you a reference, a way to think about it, right? Uh, because the because the jing might be really different, but it's like okay, well, you can do this with root and that with root. Can you do things with this other jing? And if not, it gives you a mental like a pattern to follow for what to do to take that jing from where it's a, a you know almost uh, just barely happening to really getting some skill with it and some not some and some volume with it and some speed with it and right kind of things and that the, the root itself the the it's easy to build a volume of that or it's it tends to be towards easier to kind of build a volume of that versus some of the other like shapes and expressions that jings can be in there's there's like levels of it or grades of it but it's kind of hard to like how much volume does your spiral have, you know, but, but root has like a, a volume to it. And that directly relates to kind of how much energy you have, how much internal energy you have and can bring to bear. And how much mind development you have too. Mm -hmm. right. But, but so in order, but as I understood it, in order to really develop the iron palm, it really helps to have the root going on at the same time. Yeah, that's one of the thing. One of the things that you would. That's one of the applications. Then is that doing that with some other things to get an iron palm, to get an iron body, to get some of those things. Yes. Yeah. Right. And what one of the things you mentioned was that. So in terms of rooting, really becomes like a stepping off point to learn a lot of internal skills. And you said there were a lot of other schools that didn't teach rooting. Well, then, I think they all teach rooting at some point. If they're real, you know, if we're talking about real Tai Chi here, the trick right. is, but the trick is, is that there's a lot of people out there where uh, that's like, there are a number of those schools where that's like the hidden information. If you're an indoor student, secret student, lineage inheritor, you're going to get that and everybody else isn't. Mm -hmm. so instead of that, there's also a lot of people who are out there teaching where they're what I'll call on a scale of zero to 10. Um, zero being somebody that doesn't know anything about Tai Chi at all. They're, they're brand new and what's Tai Chi to attend as a senior master that, that's top of the food chain of knows it all. There's a lot of people out there presenting as if they're somewhere between a six or a seven 
five, six, seven of Tai Chi. And really they're about a two and a half to a three. And a lot of those people don't have root skill. And then when you talk about it, they don't even know like the training progression, any, any training for it particularly, other than what well, you're supposed to sung and relax and just sink the chi. And it's like, but that's good lip service. The reality of their doing it's not so much, right? And so um, there's a lot of that out there, unfortunately. And because of that, then you talk to a lot of people who are training Tai Chi and they're like, I don't know where you're getting this. And it's like, it's part of Tai Chi. What do you mean you don't know? And it's because it's not their experience of the art, but it's that's true for a whole bunch of other jings as well, not just rooting. You know, and also you get different families, different styles, different teachers, different everything where they favor one root or another or start with one, two, three different kinds of energy. And there are definitely a few schools where rooting is the number one kind of upfront. It's first thing um, in terms of working that energy, the, the Jing. But for every one of those, there's, you know, there's a good dozen or more where they do something different. They're not doing the root. They're doing Jan Si Jing, Silk Reeling, or they're doing um, uh, maybe coiling. Although what I've been gathered is that there's no, that used to happen more and it's not as much now. There's a lot of people looking for the uh, afloat jing, even though they don't know that that's a thing or, or refer to it that way, but they're looking for that real soft, tranquil quality that usually in beginners ends up being collapsed as opposed to being a, a proper jing energy skill. Um, but they're trying to get to that skill. They're just not going, typically not going down a very good road to get there. Um, because the, when they do it and it's collapsed, that can never actually become good float skill um, because float is float, not collapsed. They're different things. Um, so, yep. Ty, were you going to weigh in there a little bit? Yes, um, about people not having it. There's a person who comes from, and I consider him a master, he comes from Taiwan, every January, December and January from Taiwan to the LA area. And he puts on a, a variety of seminars and I've pushed with him and he has amazing skill and amazing route and absolutely none of his students have it. And it was a matter of not that he didn't want to have it or he's trying to hide it, hide it from them, but he would say, do what I'm doing and couldn't get them to, you know to cross over into being able to have the skill that he had yeah it was do what i'm doing and there's no teachings or or anything there that actually helps them to get from point a to point b exactly so trying to duplicate it but they don't have a clue what to do to duplicate it exactly yeah. and i've come across a few that. teachers like that that yeah not hiding it they have it but they're old school of just do what I'm doing. One of the things um, my teacher, Uncle Bill, has a bit of that going on. Like he will, he will, he will tell you things, but there is a bit of the do what I'm doing. The thing is, is that what I've seen from him that I've not seen from a lot of the other people that have to do what I'm doing is that a lot of the teachers say do what I'm doing and they're doing the skill, right? But they're not doing any exercise movement thing that would develop that skill. So like for uncle, one of the ones that they had him do when he was five was they had him pulling elephant grass out of the ground, 
right? And they did that to build them up. And what it did was it built a certain amount of root skill, it built a certain amount of whole body integration and body connection, and it built a certain kind of a pong skill from head to toe, and it built uh, it built other skill sets. And so when uncle teaches, a lot of times he'll get somebody doing something and it's some kind of a physical exercise that has very specific things going on. And they're like, why am I doing this? But then you get done with it and you're a little bit tired from it. And it's like, now do this, you know, it's kind of like the Daniel and the karate kid movie, paint the floor, wax the floor, you know, wax the car, do those things. And it's like, Oh, I didn't know I was building that energy and that skill. And it's like, you know, and so there was a way to get there. And so a lot of times when people are saying, follow me, they now have the skill developed and they're saying, do this thing that I've already got at a developed level, but they didn't give the development stage. And either they've forgotten what that thing they did when they were five or had to do if they're in a family lineage, what it was that they had to do, or they didn't get the importance of that for them being able to get this skill in the first place. Right? So if I was going to use a physical skill, to get somebody to do rooting, there's some absolutely some things they could do where when they get done with that, they're going to at least get the feeling of root. And now it's like, now duplicate that without doing that physical activity. Because you know what it feels like. Now get that feeling. That's still going to be hard as a way to get there, but it is doable. But what happens when it's just like, feel my great deep root, now you do it. Uh, now the other thing that happens is that with for little kids when they're trained that way, and I've learned this more with Carly, my daughter, than anything else, is I can show her some very advanced high-level skill because of what she did for training with me when she was little, little, under five. She can feel it and she can duplicate it. But and so that's been her experience of it. And so I have been teaching her how to how to explain and, and making like in her level for level one push hands. Like she has to be able to say that stuff to somebody and get them to do it. We're going to be doing that at the gathering coming up. She is going to be teaching on the feeling the bear skill, which is a mind E skill that is kind of high level. And she is going to be teaching that at the gathering and at the, at the, in our uh, regional organizer uh, section, and then she'll be doing it again. The, uh, and so I've been walking her through the process of what she's going to have to do to explain that to people because she can do it really well. And she'll be like, well, do what I'm doing. You're not doing what I'm doing. And then right now, for a lot of skills, she's got it that way, where if she was going to show it to somebody, she'd be like, well, do what I'm doing. What's wrong with you? You're not doing it. And if she grew up with that and I didn't do anything about it, that's the only way she would have to teach it is do what I'm doing. And anybody trying to learn from her that's that's not really advanced already is going to be screwed because they're not going to be able to pick it up from her. So I'm making sure she's got devices for teaching it so that she can actually bring students up in the skill to where she can then start teaching them the advanced stuff of now feel me and copy what I'm doing. But I know at the beginning stuff that if she's going to do it that way, she's going to have a bunch of, she's going to have skills. She's going to have a bunch of students that are trying to get it, but can't get it because it's just too hard to pick up that way. Anyways, thanks. Yeah. Cool. Um, anybody else? So part of our system is that when people are coming up through, they are learning how to teach these things as well, because it's really easy to get a good at a skill and then go, hey, do what I'm doing. And so it's, and I come up with some pretty odd sometimes ways of getting people to do it. I know a number of you guys here, you've seen me do this, some of this stuff where there are other masters present and they start looking, when I start explaining something, they kind of get that, 
you know how a dog, if you do something strange enough, they'll cock their head and give you a what? You know, and I kind of get this kind of all towards that kind of a look where they're kind of going, what the hell is he talking about? What? What? You know, and then they see the students doing what I'm talking about and you see them and then right behind it, they go, oh, you know, and it's a, like the light bulb came on. And like, that was the weirdest way that they probably ever seen another teacher explain that, but it got the result. And so, and it's because it put the time into trying to be able to actually convey it and get it so that people, there's enough to do in Tai Chi that if you're having to figure out by feel only what's going on and you spend two years scratching your head over one skill, well, there's 36 different primary energies. If you take two years for each one just to do that part, and that's only about a fifth, you know, 20% of the art, there's still 80% to go. Um, you're going to spend 70 years doing that, 72 to be exact. Um, and so it's ridiculous. It's just too long, right? And so I said, well, once I got half a dozen of them like that, it's going to be easier to pick up the next ones. It will be. It still might take you 50 years for that part. That's the problem. If it was 50 years and it took that long to get Tai Chi because it's so advanced and so much, I would go, you know, that's not, that's not really terrible if you're really applying yourself and you're working at it. The problem is, is it's for that part. And so now if each of the other parts takes 20 years a piece, you know, and we're talking about 80%, well, so you're going to live to be 200 years old, right? And, and I'm going to get Tai Chi on my deathbed yeah, at well, 200. <laughs> and that doesn't mean you don't keep evolving and keep growing and keep learning and keep gaining and all those things longer term, because it's still happening for me 40 some years into it. And the people that I've talked to that, that had 50 plus years 60 years at this point are saying the same thing and they're they and anybody including me talking to the senior masters they still keep picking up stuff too so there's stuff there but it shouldn't be like the bigger body of like the bread and butter of the art uh at, at a higher levels that part that's kind of codified and and set that these are skills that are appropriate to the art um that somewhere between the 10 and 20 year time span i'm talking about for like what most people would consider a senior if it was black belt in karate you know, like an eighth through seven, sixth, seventh, eighth degree black belt, a 20, 25 year time span, that's fine. You know, because we're talking about really a, a truly advanced practitioner. But if you start talking about that's got to clear 40 years before you're even at that, you know, before you're at a black belt level, it's like, that's ridiculous. You know, people just aren't going to live long enough to really do it. Um, and so who's even passing the art on at that point? Because some you're, you're getting the art from, from somebody who's already got the skills. So it took them 80 years to get there. And now they're going to take them 80 years to get it to you. There's a problem there with the math for the longevity of human beings, right? Anyways, you get the idea. Um, the uh, all right, other thoughts, questions. Uh, yeah. One one thought I had was, uh, you know, when I first started doing this, I I looked backwards, kind of throughout the past, and I was thinking back to. Uh, you know, when you're in school with sports and oftentimes what happens is uh, coaches will, they're already scouting at a very young age for different sports, yes. looking for that natural talent. That's right. And when I look back, I think what they're actually seeing is someone who has maybe a little bit of these skills left over from when they were a kid, when they were little. They may not realize they're looking for that, but that's, that's that I can see that. And, and that so, would then call natural ability. Sure. Yes. 
Yes. And so it, you know, it seems like, uh, uh, like if I had young kids again and I wanted them to be good athletes, I would have them doing this to get that natural quote unquote natural talent. Yeah. For Chase, it was that I encouraged his ability, you know, and most, most kids, the way that they lose that ability to root is one day the parents trying to get him to go do something and they go, "Uh -uh," and they drop their weight. And it's like, either they old days, they would have smacked them. Nowadays it's like, you know, they get a chiding, ah, you know, quit doing that. Don't do that again. Ah, come on. You know? And then the kid goes, Oh, never do that again. You know, traumatized after the fact, and then they don't do it. And then they get, you know, a year later, kid doesn't remember. Um, Carly, I've tried to talk to her about some of the things she's done over the years, like even four five, six, seven years ago. And she's like, I don't remember that. She's got the skill. She doesn't remember how she got it at all. And I'm like, you don't remember when this happened? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, God. But anyway, so the point being that when that incident happens, they don't remember that incident either. All they know is that if you said, hey, drop your weight like this, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't do it. And so like what I did with Chase was when he dropped, I went, I like played with him for a second. That is really cool. You're strong. Wow. Okay. Now I need you not to do that right now. We can play that again later or tomorrow. Now get up, you know, and off we went. And, um, and actually there was one where we went into a Walmart, we walked in and he, and we hadn't walked into Walmart. We literally walked in, was in the big open area and he decided to throw the fit from hell. And I just, and he was dropping weight and everything else. And I just dropped root, picked him up like a suitcase and tucked him on my arm, turned around and walked back out of the store. The, uh, but like that. So I had to use skill to deal with him because I was teaching him to do that. But I did that. And then when he climbed on the other thing with the body and where he was using his whole body integrity and he had the tendon strength. And so he was the kind of athlete that when people saw him when he was eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, they wanted to recruit him for stuff. He just was like mildly interested. And so that was why that didn't become a thing for him. If he now where he's at, if I said, Hey son, you realize you gave up a million dollar career in sports what you know different ball game at 19 but too late he already he already hung that up for what he's up to now you know and but he had the ability at that time if he wanted to go further with it he was just like i'm not interested in it that much it's okay so anyways sifo i was going to mention that um a lot of kids end up losing this around the age when they're expected to sit all day at school yes absolutely yeah that's right so I, I try to encourage kids always to do as much physical activity and take lots of breaks during the school day. Absolutely. Um, and I was also going to mention, too, that, you know, when you really intimately understand any Jing, but we're talking about root today, um, with, a little bit of, with a little bit of creativity, you can find ways to teach because everybody has different ways to learn. So you know, a gifted teacher is going to try to look at different ways to present, whereas someone who just learned by rote, all they can say is do what I'm doing, or you do it this way, because that's how I learned, as opposed to saying, this is what we're going for. Now, how am I going to get that person to that place in a way that they're going to incorporate it into their understanding? Yeah. One of the things that you guys will see, and I'm saying this where it'll be on here for posterity, but I'll just say this. When we do our family gathering, one of the things you guys will see is that I'll have a notebook 
And sometimes when you're teaching, you're going to see me writing in that notebook and you, and you may, and like, let's say you're teaching because most of you have learned from me. And so you're going to be going, he's writing down, but I know he knows this skill. Why is he writing that down? Well, I'm looking at things like teaching presentation. I'm looking at things like explanations you've got for the things that you like and do and teach a lot. I'm looking for nuances and all of that. And I am the ever constant student uh, in that way uh, for what I can do to improve things, make things better, convey the information more quickly, more easily, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of times out of that, you may actually either have hit something that wasn't quite the way I thought about the material before, or because of what you did, other things occurred to me that were different than how I thought about them. Even though you're not saying that, it puts me off into, oh, wait a minute, because of their explaining that and it does this and this, that also means this and this and this and this. And so I'll be like, that's when you, when I'm furiously writing, usually that's what's happened as I've gone, oh my God, that means these things. I can't believe I didn't hit on that before, right? Um, and every once in a while, it'll be one where it's like, oh, this is what so like one of my teachers showed me. I hadn't thought about it in this context. And so what maybe addressing it or anyways, you get the idea. And so there's a lot that comes out of that. And then the students who are learning from any one of you, seeing that from the different ones of you guys too, even if it's a skill they've got, they're getting a different version of it than I'm getting, but they're getting a version of that. And then when they go home, the idea being that they're gonna do things a lot better, a lot smarter, a lot more, or the thing that you've told them 500 times, they're gonna be like, oh man, I wish you had told me about this. That was just so cool. And you're going, I, I did tell you about that, like a lot. What? And they just something about the difference in the way it was presented and the way it was said and the way it, uh, what, what the little drill to get there or the, the, the device that you use to do it, whatever it is, or just even sometimes, anyways, any number of things. Sometimes it's just what they were ready for at the moment. Yeah, it can make that can make a difference too. Uh, absolutely. Anyways, and so they go home and they're really getting something out of it. And then other, other aspects of your training, it's helping you know, it's helping more light bulbs to go off and them to make use of that information. Anyways. I will just piggyback off of that for a second because for a rooting skill, particularly there is already like super clear, you know, it is one of the more fundamental kind of skills in our system. And he has put a lot of time and attention into finding ways to step people up to that skill. And so there is the root of internal power, which we've talked about, which is a course that really like focuses in on that. Um, but it is also something that we have our beginning Tai Chi students do and working up towards through their program. And they actually don't need a partner to get started in it. They don't realize they're doing it normally until we actually introduce the skill. But by the time rooting is even talked about, like in the clear Tai Chi curriculum, they, our typical beginner students will have already done kind of a bunch of things that will help facilitate that skill and they'll be doing that largely on their own with uh, form work. Um, and so like one thing that comes to mind is there's an expression of the form that is called pendulum swinging that's in our Clear Tai Chi you know, level one program in the basic skills part. And that is um, that, that involves feeling weight down below the ground as if it's attached to you and swinging from you in this kind of way as you're doing your form that gives you certain benefits, but it also gets our students prepared a lot more mentally for the idea of feeling below the ground like that and having their energy get below the ground in a certain kind of way 
It's not rooting yet, but it is uh, like a stair step to that. And so um, I'm pointing this out. And also for those of you who might be listening who are going, well, I don't have a partner yet and I don't even know how I would begin to get one, but I want to start trying to root. I want to start developing the skill. The Clear Tai Chi Level 1 program has solo material in it that is that is Tai Chi form-based practice that will help you get to where you'll be able to root a lot easier, a lot faster um, when you finally do are able to get hands-on with someone and put that kind of training to, to practice that way. And that's at clearmartialarts.com? That is also at clearmartialarts.com, yeah. So if you already have a part, if you've already been doing Tai Chi for a while, you have a partner you can put hands-on with and you wanna get like a crash course in rooting, the root of internal power is where to go. If you are a little bit newer to Tai Chi, you don't have a partner yet, and you want to develop the skill with just solo form work, Clear Tai Chi Level 1 um, will, is what do, will do that for you. And both of those are available at clearmartialarts.com. Once you've done put in some real work with a partner on rooting, you do get to a point, and, and a lot of people, they want to do it where they've only had hands-on with a person for one session or two or three sessions and do this. And I can tell you that, that out, of, out of the years, and the thousands of people that I have trained, I've not met anybody that was able to do that. And that's, and that's, I'm talking about whether they trained rooting with somebody else or trained rooting with me, is that they normally have to put hands on with other people for months or longer. But once that work is done, there does come a point there where you can really get, and I'm talk, not talking about for rooting any, no, there's people that can root down a little bit, like inches, foot, maybe this kind of thing. But it's a very slow development that way when you're not putting hands on with it, like very slow development. You put hands on with the other person, that development comes much, much faster. Once there's some real development there, and we're talking about, um, generally speaking, I find that over 100 feet down and like really where there's some depth there, um, then there comes a point where you're able to keep doing it and keep building it and you don't have to have hands on with anybody anymore. It's still always faster to have hand and, and better that way to have hands on. But there is a point that comes to where you can really turn it on and really build it and you don't have to have hands on anymore to do it. And so it's not hands on forever. You will be able to work on the stuff solo. But if you want to get to really development and have the mind part going on and those things, it's just a lot easier with a partner. And the partner doesn't have to know anything. They just have to be willing to help you. Um, so rooting training needs to include making that root deeper, making that root wider and deeper, being able to move it faster and being able to turn it on full tilt for whatever you're, you know, there's the, the ability that you have to, to fully turn on and use. And then there's the maximum where you're kind of have it turned up all the way and you're not going to be able to sustain that for too awfully long. And, um, and, it, and it's working on making it bigger and, and wider and more. Anyways, but the ability to go to where you could do it for, for full real use at full tilt, how quickly, how do you have to go, okay, I got to get ready and I got to relax and I got to, okay, it's been um, 30 to seconds to two minutes and now I'm on. Or even if it's been, hey, it's 15 or 20 seconds and it's on and what you're, um, Cool, Harry. Um, what you're working on there is the ability to boom and it's and it's on at a real functional, useful level right now. And so you have to build that and put time into that. 
to, to make that ton less and less and less as well. So moving it faster, making it wider and deeper, deeper, and the ability to turn it on full tilt um, instantly and building to that. So how do we help beginners do and get root training without overdoing it or causing them to quit? The thing to know in root training is that it really is easy. It's like weightlifting, especially if you're dropping it uh, with any kind of depth. It really feels like weightlifting to you when you're doing it. And when you build it, other people put hands on you. you like I say, you've got that monster power where they're going. It's like wrestling with a giant tree. What? How are you doing that? You know, if they don't know what that thing is. Anyway, so it's easy to overdo it like weightlifting. You can overdo it, do too much and hurt yourself. And so um, it is paced. You know, you have to, you have to do, a, do it and, and monitor and make sure you haven't overdone it and build it and then be doing some like every day, every other day, um, or if it's just, you know, partner thing twice a week, trying to work on it in the in-betweens to do some yourself for whatever your gains you're gaining with a partner. And you have to just train it as seriously as you would train doing serious weight training or anything like that. Um, and so we emphasize that in the program. And then obviously um, there's things to know and do with that. Um, what is your favorite rooting experience? And this is one that's really a question to you guys. What's have, the, yeah, go ahead. I have a couple that I particularly like um, to talk about, but uh, my my favorite, favorite, favorite bar none um, was uh, we had a Tai Chi teacher who came down to visit us for one of our push hands workshops who really was of the opinion that root was not a thing. Um, oh, yeah. She had, <laughs> she had been told that uh, like directly and she was kind of uh she 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 was she was very suspicious of all the rooting stuff that we were doing and um and was was really of the opinion that it was all some kind of trick um and, and she was, was adamant about it and was pretty <laughs> adamant about it and was getting a little bit towards frustrated by some of the results that some of the people around her were getting that she wasn't able to get and i worked with her um, before, like outside of the, the regular practice sessions to develop that skill further and more. And it wasn't until the last day of the workshop, but like on her test where, where she, where she actually went through the test, but, but at that moment, she really felt it and it really clicked in for her and it surprised her. Like she broke, she, she, she would have like tears in her eyes where it was like, Oh my God, I feel this. And, and she was really excited about it. Um, and then I saw her again. The next year she came back for the same workshop and she worked with me directly where I was kind of coaching her on how to uh, run a test um, and how to like take a student through a test. And when I went and tested two students on their root drop, I came back and sort of, you know, told her kind of what I was thinking and why I had them do what they did. And she had this shocked look on her face and she said, I could feel it. And I said, yeah, you felt their, their root. Yeah. We worked on that last year and you, you, and you felt their root. And she said, no, I could feel what they were doing from over here. I've never felt root without touching someone before. Yeah. And so she had another like breakthrough moment with root, um, like the following year. And so that was, that was really exciting for me. That was a lot of fun to, to have, um, someone go from like, 
complete non-believer like there's no way no how this is not a thing to like i can feel someone's root from across pretty the good room skill, yeah you know? <laughs> um, that was that was very cool uh and to, and so um you know to see her development like that is probably my favorite root experience of of like my entire tai chi career so far uh, <laughs> anyone else cool um I, I know harry has some but he's uh, had to had to run for yeah, yeah um one of my favorites was working with someone doing push hands with them and they were a fairly senior person and i learned a lot of different ways to manipulate the other person's route and so things were working but then when he gave me a synopsis of exactly what i did i'm like wow you know what i thought was working was working and he could tell me exactly what i did and I was really excited by that. Yeah, so his Tang skill increased because his E skill was bigger because of the root is what you're kind of getting at there, right? Yes. Yeah, cool. Yes. So for me, I was teaching a beginner's class and they were getting root and we were doing a little push hand so they could feel root and doing the root games and all this kind of fun stuff. Um, you know, and without trying to manipulate them or being kind of rude about it, I, I think it feels kind of rude to just get in there and start bothering them. And especially they're beginners, you know, so it was all very, very friendly and very nice. But I was explaining to them that, you know, there's different skills and you can grow into these things like this is, you know, where you're headed for. You can grow into things and you can change the shape and you can go wider and you can cut somebody else off. You can take over the whole room you know, all this kind of stuff. And so then this same girl that I was telling you about earlier that, that connects with people on the other side of the planet, she says, well, can you do that? And I was like, um, I don't generally do that because, you know, it just feels kind of aggressive to me and it's not the way I roll, you know, but, but let me try. I said, so there's only like four people in the room and it was not a very large room. So I was like, okay, everybody go ahead and put down root and see what that feels like. And then I tried to take over the room. I was like, let me just try. And so I took over the room and I said, now try again. And she got really frustrated. She's like, that feels so aggravating. <laughs> she, she could not go down. And so they were blocked from being able to drop. Correct. Yeah. Because yes. going on in the room. Yes. So that was, that was really fun for me to be able to experience that in such a friendly environment where, you know, they were kind of just challenging me and teasing and all this kind of stuff, but I did it. And it actually worked and they were not able to put the root down. So I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> we teach that skill in level two of our clear internal pushing. Yeah, there, there is, it is actually one of the test requirements to be able to put it out in, uh, to a certain like radius around you and keep people through. Like 10 feet in every direction. So good, good. Fun. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Anyone else? Art? Mark? Mark. Looks like Mark. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I really, I, I kind of get that experience every time somebody new comes in because they always come in with a healthy skepticism. Yeah. And then there's the puzzlement. Cause they <laughs> yeah. make no sense, you know? And, uh, I hate it when that happens and then they leave, like they start muttering themselves and they just wander out the door and never come out. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't had that yet, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> um, but no, it, yeah, just, you know, there's, uh, I, I, I kind of look forward to when a new person comes in, to be honest with you, because it's kind of cool. Yeah. Don't get to relive the first moment over again a little bit, your own kind of wow moment, you know, but uh, 
but uh, yeah, then, then of course you have the thing where uh, all this stuff, all the games that you have or drills uh, are really, they're really very scientific as far as uh, you're controlling for variables to test one thing. Yeah, so trying to root. hone in on that skill and develop the ability, absolutely. And also it verifies its existence. Yes. That's, so that's very useful for people because of the way the modern world kind of is. Yeah, well, and for me too, I did for, you know, I started that earlier on because in my training because I didn't want to put a bunch of time into something that I was mistaking, thinking it was one thing and it was really something like, because I believed it, it was working. If it was that, then I wanted to work on well, if it's all going to be about belief and that's the primary, really, then I want to work on my ability to do that. But if it's some other physical thing that you're doing, then I want to be able to. And so I wanted to be able to know how to invest my time properly to get the skill sets that I was feeling and seeing. And also for students, it became and other teachers, they would be like, well, what is that really? And, I would, and you know, and a lot of stuff uh, like rooting for a, for a good while when I first had it. Uh, actually for probably the first 10 years, I was like, well, is it she or is it your mind? I don't know. You know, I, I, I've got some, some suspicions and some ideas about it, about which one it really is. I know what it feels like and all of that. But then I started conducting tests to figure out, well, if it really is the energy, then these kinds of things should, I should be able to get these kinds of effects out of it. If it really is the mind, than these kinds of things. And so I tried to try to create tests to figure out which one and how much and how they relate and all that kind of stuff. And so it gave me a very different understanding of it. It also made it so that I could go, no, it actually really is this doing this in this way. And really, and really go very, um, like you say, the scientific method applied to it. And uh, what, what I'll say, um, and Ty, I think you were kind of speaking about this earlier uh, also, is that there's, a, there's an amount of it where someone else having done the scientific method and getting their, those results and kind of telling you like, yeah, here I did this and I, and I figured this out and here's what my answer is, that has a certain kind of weight to it. If they walk you through their process and their reasoning and you really understand it, that has another kind of weight to it. If you really feel it where it's like you're moving you're where you have hands on with someone and you feel your root moving somewhere and you're trying to do that and they can call out what you're doing that way and you really experience it for yourself um because you're not telling what you're doing but they're calling out what you're doing right that has like a whole nother level of like kind of proof to it and so there's a there's a bunch of and then you can take what you know what someone's investigated and the kind of things that they've the drills that they've run and play those games for yourself and experience it for yourself and then you know that and and get that kind of hands-on proof uh but but there is an, a lot of what we do that because it is subtle skills and because it is you know based on sort of typical western thinking it's sort it's sort of unbelievable in a certain kind of way there is a, a bit of a mental hurdle that uh it's very it's very useful to get over that as early as you kind of can and a big part of the training methods um, that you know that Cifra Clear prefers and that we use as our basis for what we do and how we do it, it, it has that built in where there's that kind of testing, feeling, experimenting, communicating with your partner, um, proving proving the the you know putting the proof in the pudding kind of a thing, um, <laughs> um, uh, and that and that's uh, and that that is uh, a, an important 
stage in, in your development is to really prove that like, yeah, this, what I'm, what I'm doing is real. It's not just in my mind. It's not just that I'm tricking myself or it's not just that somehow I'm getting better leverage on them. Like that there is this other component to it. Um, once you've realized that, and once you've proved it to yourself, it changes the way you train and it makes your training more effective because you're really doing what you're supposed to be doing. And you know that you know why you're supposed to be doing it. There's no mystery about it. It's not that someone told you that it's not some dogma you heard. Uh, it's not something you read in the classics that sort of made sense or whatever that you, you know, piece together. It's like, no, I can feel it. I'm doing it. They can feel what I'm doing. It's real. And, uh, and when, when you graduate to like that point in your training on any one of these skills and any number of different skills, um, it, it, it changes your outlook enough to really make that kind of a difference in how you approach the whole art from then on. And then there's other people who come in, um, you know, in the door a little more inclined towards some of these, uh, some, some of the more like energetic type belief systems and where that's not like a problem for them. And then for them, the testing is extremely valuable because it's like, well, okay, so you, so you believe in this energy now, can you like use it? Can you physically like summon it up and use it to actually like do stuff? And you need to like prove your ability to do that to some extent. It's not even that you necessarily need to prove the existence of it, but you need to prove that like you have that kind of control over it. And so there's, there's always an element of testing, I think that reasonably should be involved. And it's not that we're saying you've got to prove that to me and being a, being a no, jerk about yourself. it. It's more like, well, and beyond that, what I'm saying is, is that it's one thing to have some ability and another thing to be able to actually do things with that ability. And it's like, let's build it so that you can actually have working ability with that for healing and this, especially this kind of thing. Um, because if it's something where you've got like a thimbleful but thought you had a lot, it's great until it becomes a real situation of, helping somebody and you can't. And so let's build it. Let's get it. So it really is functionally useful and, and, and happening in a, at a, you know, in a, in a more better and more for like a better way to say it. Cool. Um, who hadn't weighed in yet? Um, da, 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 da. Art, had you weighed in on this for rooting? Um, no. And, um, I think the rooting, um, experience I have that made uh, the most impression on me really was um, just when I first started pushing hands a little bit and was at a, uh, a, a big meetup where there were you know, various skill levels and I was talking to some people and um, you know, I explained that I really didn't have a lot of experience with push hands and someone said, okay, well, here, go over and you know, work with him. So we got sort of a push hands posture and he just stood there and said, push, he, you know, he just stood there and I guess it wasn't really a, a push hands posture, it was just him standing there and, and I put my hands on him and tried to push and he just, just with him standing there, he was very solid and stable and, and I thought, and he, he was sort of irritating because he said, push, push. And and I I was pushing. I, I knew enough not to have that. Just more physical strength would not make any difference. I did a little bit, and I just at, at that point I realized, well, he, he's just standing there, um, 
and and I am pushing. So um, it was, you know, I learned rooting that would allow him to do that, and that just made a big impression on me. And I, it piqued my interest and curiosity in working more to develop push hand skills. Cool. Would you say that he was standing there looking pretty relaxed about it all, but yet was very solid? Or did he look braced up or what, how would you say? He was, he was just, he was not solid in the sense of tensing his muscles and, and, and girding down and, you know, there, but he was just, he was just standing there, you know, and said, and it was sort of annoying. He kept saying, push, push, you know, and felt like kicking him and saying, I am. But, <laughs> you know, he just was my, and I'd push hands with other people before, sort of the circular, regular Yang style. Sure. But this, this was a little different. And, and um, I just, he was very good at it, very skilled, and and um, it just made made a big impression on me. And I've you know been working on developing that skill, and you know you've uh, helped a lot there. But um, cool. So, thank you. You're it actually pleases me to hear you say that that made that kind of impression for you because I tend to do that in my classes at some point for some of my beginner students when they're moving more towards an intermediate, like when they're kind of getting ready to test for their clear Tai Chi level one material, um, will, will tend to be doing more push hands oriented things and, and be introducing them more to some of the some of the things that are kind of coming on the other side of that. And one of the things that I like to do is to get them in, you know, hands on with me where they can kind of feel me just standing there and then I'll get, you know, my good alignments and drop a little root. And while, while they're, while they have their hands on and they can feel the difference between being able to kind of wobble me and, you know, feel how kind of disintegrated I am internally versus when, I start dropping the root and I get the alignments. It like it solidifies right under their hands, and then they start pushing themselves off of me. And I've had a number of people comment that it's uh, that it's an interesting kind of feeling. You know, one one particularly kind of big, gruff mountain man kind of guy who's like built like an ox. Um, he he uh, his uh, his reaction to it was kind of funny because he he like looked at the other guys in the room and said, "Don't mess with him." <laughs> and uh, but it was. Uh, but it, but it's it, it is something that I like to do for the beginners um, to kind of teach them where this is going and why they want to even like develop some of these skills um, and the kind of difference that it makes for you when someone is testing or you know or whatever else might be going on in life whether it, you know be someone pushing on you or just some other thing in the world that's kind of trying to put pressure on you in certain kinds of ways how that rooting really helps. Um, to, to make you feel solid, even though for you it's relaxed. And, uh, and I, and I do know that a number of them have commented that it's uh, that it's impressive, but I love hearing from you art that it actually made a difference between like you really going on and training the real stuff after that. Oh, that's good. Cool. Um, Philip, did you get to Phil? Did you get to weigh in? Uh, no, I didn't have anything to add. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, let's see here. 
All right, so then a uh, word from our sponsor. We've got the video, The Root of Internal Power, and it's got the games that you can play with any partner that you've got that is willing to help you out uh, in terms of you both working on Root or even you just working on Root and them being there. Um, and so it goes through about 30 drills that start from the very beginning and take you up through really being able to do it and doing some stuff with it. And that video is available at clearmartialarts.com. It was originally on DVDs and it was two DVDs. It's over four hours of stuff, um, of, of instruction and the practice time that you can get in with that. Like just, if you were really just doing drill, 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 it's, it's, it's going to be a considerable amount of like a body of work, but at the end of it, you will be rooting. You will be able to play some of these rooting games. You will be feeling your opponent, your partner's root below the ground. Like what we're talking about, you will be able to feel that. Um, and you will be able to tell which one of you is is lower um, than the other one. And that's the, the, those kinds of skill sets you can develop on your own without like, you know, with a partner, but without a master in the room with hands on with you. And so, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you can't get to a Tai Chi master um, and you want to develop a ring skill, uh, even if you can get to a Tai Chi master, a lot of them, they aren't even going to admit it exists. So just check out the root of internal power, skip that whole process and, and get the skill for yourself. Um, you know, just take control of your training. Cool. All right. Thanks guys and lady and nice talking to y'all and get with me. If there's anything else we need to know, once the call's done, if there's anything you wanted to talk to me about, that's kind of now I then stay on and you can ask me and, uh, nice seeing y'all and talking to y'all today and more next time. Thank you. Excellent discussion. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Later. Take care. And now, a word from our sponsor. What is internal power? Most people only understand external exerting power, which is another way of saying tense muscle strength. Bigger, more tense muscles equal more power. That's external power. Internal power comes from pretty much anything except tensing your muscles. There are many sources of internal power and tapping into them is more of a mind skill than anything else. This is where the phrase mind over matter comes from. My name is Richard Clear and internal power is what I do. Students come to me for the mind over muscle secrets of internal power that are hard to find anywhere else. Over the past 40 years, I figured out how to get students on the fast track to effortless power. I created a one-of-a-kind online program that is getting such amazing results for my students that I put a money-back guarantee on it. Find out more at internalpowerkeys.com. That's internalpowerkeys.com. Thank you.